Hey, everybody, this is Dave Salter, and you have landed on Connect and Convert, the podcast where we share insider secrets for small business sales success. I'm joined today, as always, by Dennis Collins, our resident sales training expert. And Dennis has been a rock star in this field for nearly four decades. Dennis, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm feeling those four decades today. Yeah. <laughs> doing good, though. Doing good. How so, about you? Everything good? I, everything's great. And before we get into today's topic, people by people or do they, which I have a feeling you and I are going to disagree on a little bit, at least, at least at the outset. It's possible. I, I, I think it's remarkable because we never talk about this a whole lot, but you were the chief training officer for your radio group and you did, you conducted B2B sales training at least once a week for 20 salespeople, you did about yep. 1,500 sessions. Yeah. And in addition, you did value-added sales training for your VIP clients. Um, you grew your business from about 3 million annual gross revenue to over 35 million annual gross revenue when you left. Good. Total gross revenue over that time was $300 million. You guys were the top revenue producers annually in what I would consider one of the most competitive markets in the country, Miami. So kudos to you. Love bragging on you. But Thank people, you. That's very people, nice of you. People need to know how, I mean, that when I say you're a rock star, I'm not just blowing smoke. Oh, you're the real, that. you're the real deal. However, we had a great team. We had a great team there. So we were very successful. People buy people or do they? I think, yes, they do. And I know you're going to argue both sides of the story, but I I honestly cannot recall a time where I bought something from a jackass. <laughs> wow, that's a pretty strong statement. Right? <laughs> I, I said I didn't say I didn't. I said I can't recall. <laughs> I can't recall, but it's possible that you may have. Right? It's possible. <laughs> have well. So let me ask you this point blank. You've already answered it. Have you ever bought something just because of the salesperson? Had that salesperson not been your salesperson, there's a strong chance you might not have bought it. So this is probably slightly jaded because it was on a recommendation, but needed tires, just got, had been living in this town for maybe a year, made a couple of friends, needed new tires on the car. So one of our friends says, call Nello Tires. I've known Frank forever. Good guy. They'll they'll do right by you. So I call Frank, and Frank's the lead salesperson. He's probably one of the principals in the business. And we strike up a telephone conversation. And so I felt really good about the guy, took the car in, and I think it took a little while for the sale to take place, but that was because we had a little bit of conversation and I just felt he genuinely wanted to help me and making the sale was secondary to him. And he's been my car and tire guy for 18 years now. And when I call Frank, and my, my oldest daughter lives on the other side of town, but for example, when I'll call Frank and say, hey, I need an oil change and a tire rotation, and he'll, and he'll say, yep, he'll schedule me, and then he'll say, hey, by the way, Katie, that's my oldest daughter, he'd be like, Katie was in the other day for an oil change too, her car's in really good shape, and now she made a good purchase, What? blah, 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 but 
So he let me know that he saw my daughter the other day and took care of her as well. Anyway. Well, obviously, whatever he did on that first encounter has stuck. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's your go-to guy. And yes, it was a referral, but he had to sell himself. I've gotten a lot of referrals in my life that I just tore it up and threw it away. We didn't click, but we did. Yeah. Yeah. You already answered the other question. You've never knowingly that you can think of bought something from a jerk. Right. Right. <laughs> knowingly is the key word there. Would you ever? Is there any situation that you could imagine that you would buy something from somebody you did not like? I think at this stage of my life, the only scenario I could see that happening is if it was an emergency. Yeah. And I needed a thing or a repair or it's July and it's 98 and my eight, my HVAC just crapped out and it's not repairable. So I've got to, I've got four women in the house plus a dog and we've got to get the air going. I don't have time to find I go to the jerk. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Okay. I have studied this, researched this both personally and through other sources because it's what they always say. It's people first in sales. You got to make that connection. You got to make that relationship or there's no sale. I wanted to test that and say, is that long held concept? Is that really true? So I've done some homework on it. So is it value and product first or is it people first? That's where the research led me. And I... I Sounds would agree like with you. I would agree with you, though, on the value proposition. Absolutely. I think if a person tries to establish a relationship, and you and I are both at our stage of life where we can tell, is it, can this person do what we need them to do or provide what yeah. we need them to provide? They, and I think I've had encounters where I've said, you know what, you're a really nice guy or gal, but I think I got to look elsewhere. Yeah. That's what I want to talk about. People buy people. It's a common phrase. We've all heard Mm -hmm. it. We tend to believe it. It refers to the idea that customers are more likely to buy from people they like and trust. That Mm -hmm. happens to be scientifically true. Okay. But in other words, building a strong relationship with a customer can be just as important as the product or service being sold. That's the view of many practitioners in sales. Uh, customers prioritize the value and product they receive over the person or brand selling it. That's the opposite. Which is it? Is Mm -hmm. it the people first or is it the brand and product first? So while personal connections clearly have enhanced, will enhance the overall sales experience, there are those who say it's not the primary factor that everyone thinks it is. People buy value, not just people. Well, it's important to establish trust. Yeah, there's got to be trust in their rapport. But ultimately, their buying decision is based on the pro- the value of the product or service that meets their needs and actually provides that special value to them. Does that yeah. make any sense? It does make sense because because as you were talking, I, I thought of a for instance where I would buy from a jerk. So. <laughs> And we all probably have that thing or a couple of things that, so so for me, I've tried other cell phones, okay? And I've settled on the iPhone. That just happens to be the one that suits me best. 
So if and I'm actually getting to the end of the cycle for the one I have. So if I walked into the to the store that day to to get my new iPhone and the only salesperson in there was the jerk, I'm going to put up with them because I want my iPhone. Yeah. And and yeah, and the product, the quality, the value to you supersedes the jerkiness. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I would feel much better leaving the store if there was a rapport, but knowing that I got the iPhone I wanted probably would overcome any negative feelings I would have about the salesperson. I think that's pretty normal. Yeah. I think at points we overlook that likeness, that that likiness, that cushy, pushy, whatever feeling that we get and buy from someone that we don't like because we see a value and a need that is greater than having the relation, especially on something that that may be not a big deal. It's not a big purchase. It's not right. something that you really have to trust them. You already trust the product. But let me play the other side. What's the role of the salesperson in establishing value? The language of sales is questions. The methodology of sales is building relationships. Why? Because building a relationship based on trust and rapport is essential to creating a positive buying experience. That's the other side of the coin, right? The role of a salesperson and a value-oriented sales to understand what that customer values. How do you know what someone values until you ask them? A lot of salespeople, Dave, that I've observed, they just make an assumption. Everybody values A, B, and C. Really? Are you a mind reader? You didn't even ask me. How presumptuous and how stupid and how much you're going to feel badly when you lose that sale, okay? A deep understanding of customer needs, a deep connection, establishes value. The salesperson cre can create then a compelling case for why they can meet the needs of the prospect. Those are the two sides of the coin. Yeah, you, you answered a question I was thinking of is how does the salesperson navigate the gap between establishing trust and rapport and finish closing the sale? You got to be the closer, but you also have to. So how do you play both sides of that? That's a pretty tough question. Uh, sure. to understand To understand how much someone trusts you. You know what? I wish I could give you three. There are some things that we're going to do on a future podcast. I'm not going to spill the beans here. But there sure. are ways to know if somebody trusts you. Do they in the principles of influence, which we're going to talk a lot about in future podcasts, you know, we all say it's important that you like your customer, right? You like your customer. Mm -hmm. You know what's more important according to the science and research? It's more important that the customer likes you. Okay. That's a switch. That's a turn. And we'll talk a lot about that. Okay. In, yep. in future podcasts. So on one hand, it's true that people tend to buy from people they like and trust. Establishing that personal connection in some sales is critical. In mm -hmm. fact, without it, you're not going to get the sale. But if a salesperson could build that rapport, build that trust, and make them feel comfortable, okay, in that first seven minutes that we often talk about, they're way more likely to make a purchase, okay? I got a question for you. So tell me the last time you bought something from a jerk. I have I don't think I ever have either. I won't <laughs> I don't I won't tolerate them. Okay. There I mean, you go. I just will not it's my money and it's my decision 
and I have a lot of options. I suppose the answer would be if someone came to me, Dave, with the cure for cancer, okay? God forbid if I had cancer and they said, here's the cure, I don't care who the salesperson is. Okay. Right. So long as I can, so long as there is truth and value in the product they're selling. So in that case, I'd probably deal with anybody. They're included. Right. I don't ask my wife. I do not deal with jerks. I walk away. I embarrass (laughs) her at times because I just won't deal with it. Right. I shouldn't be that way, should I? And that, but that's all right because you set me up for my next question. So tell me how liking or likability opens the door to uncovering what the customer values and needs. Okay. Again, it goes back to one of those seven principles of influence, and that is the principle of liking. We like to do business with people who are like us, who are similar to us, who share our traits, who, who act like us, their social style is like us. We like that. That's how we're most comfortable. But what do you do next? Let's say liking opens the door, okay? That's the key. That opens the door. But there's a couple other questions your customers are asking. Unconsciously, they're not stating them. But, hey, I like you, but you aren't listening to me. Mm -hmm. You're not hearing me. I'm speaking, and you're off in never-never land. Yeah, I like you, but you didn't really understand and diagnose my problem. I'm not going to do business just because I like you. You need to understand my problem. You aren't offering me something of value, something that I value. You're offering me something that you value or your company values, not that I value. So yeah, I like you, but we're not going to do business because you haven't hit my value trigger. Right, Um, right. I like you, Dave, but I can't (laughs) trust you. I can't can't trust you to do this job or this service. I'm not sure you're capable. So liking may get you in the door, but what do you do after the door is open? Sure, sure. So I'm not sure if we've, since we both have never bought from a jerk or can't, or don't knowingly re- recall doing so. I, I, um, I, it, so it strikes me that the, the key here is there's got to be a balance between likability and establishing value for your service or product. So there's got to be some balance between those two things. Establishing likability is the key to the throne room. It gets Mm -hmm. you in for an audience with the king. Okay. But if you can't make impress the king by listening by diagnosing by understanding by offering something of value by showing trust you're not going to get the deal i think people by people is probably true to a point and not true if you don't follow up and do the other things you need to do to create the value so i know when you're when you are coaching and training folks you go out on a lot of calls with people. You do a lot of observation. Tell, tell me about maybe it, your best experience with a salesperson. My best experience? For instance, in, in, in accomplishing what we're talking about today, establishing likability, developing value, et cetera. I particularly have a high regard for salespeople who get building rapport. We have a thing that we also teach called strategy rapport. Most people, when I say that to them, they've never heard of strategy rapport. It's a 
tangent off of the concept of rapport. Mm. It still requires empathy. It requires understanding another person's point of view, another person's process, but it's called strategy rapport because you're unveiling the strategy that they're going to use to make that particular purchase. So I love a salesperson who starts with that who starts with what we call a sales call agenda. Here's right. what we're going to do today, right. Dave. There are five things on my list, A, B, C, D, E. Does that capture everything for you? Do you would like, would you like to add anything? Okay. You add six one. So those are the six things we're going to do today. Does that sound fair to you? I like a salesperson who sets the table, who sets mm-hmm. the agenda. I like a salesperson who involves himself in, if not actual rapport, strategy rapport. So I think what we've come to the conclusion of is that you can be both likable and create value. You can do both, but you got to necessarily it's not necessarily done every time. (laughs) That is correct. We still have a lot of salespeople out there that you nor I would buy from, but that's okay. That's a discussion. That's a discussion for another time. So Dennis, thanks for your wisdom and insight. I appreciate it. Folks, that's a wrap on another edition of Connect and Convert, the podcast that lets you behind the curtain with insider strategies for small business sales success. This is Dave Salter with Dennis Collins, and we'll see you next time.